Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Uh, so lovely to see you as always um, I was checking the calendar today and looking at the rotors and I worked out that we had prayed for like this for about 80 days which is very exciting it's a lot of prayers um, it says as you probably all know in Jeremiah 29 that when you call on me and come and pray to me I will listen to you and I don't know about you but I like to be reminded that God actually does listen to our prayers we're not just doing this for the sake of it he does listen to us and he does answer our prayers too. Uh, so today in my life it is my husband's birthday. He's called Chris um, and as I was preparing last night I was thinking about his testimony. So on the November the 23rd 1992 Chris was an atheist. Not only was he an atheist he regularly criticized me for my faith which he thought was unintelligent and a bit sentimental. One Sunday we were out for lunch with a bunch of university mates in Fulham and I had to leave early because I was singing in the worship band at my church. Everyone else was off to the pub and Chris tried to persuade me to go with them. Chris was always telling me that I should stop being so boring and try everything once. I suggested he should stop giving me a hard time and try my happy clappy church for once. It was a rather sarcastic invitation and I didn't expect him to turn up. About three hours later, Chris was in floods of tears, literally wailing at the back of my church, being prayed for by our rather shocked vicar and one of our curates. Chris was utterly broken. He said that God had convicted him of his sin during the worship. And he, he then said he felt his sin was like a huge weight on his back. And then right at the beginning of the sermon, he felt God literally rip it off him and he completely broke down. He started sobbing so loudly, the vicars thought he must be very drunk, and they led him out to the vestry at the back of the church. They prayed for him, they told him about Jesus, and they gave him a Bible. And from that moment on, Chris has been a devoted follower of Jesus. The following week, some of his housemates called me at work and asked me what kind of church I went to, because Chris had given up drinking and couldn't stop smiling. Two months later, he invited his family and about 120 of his mates from school, university and his rugby club to his baptism, where he again broke down as he told them the difference Jesus had made in his life. Chris was 23 when that happened. He's been a Christian now for almost 28 years. Ben reminded us yesterday that God's forgiveness is available to all. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. In Chris's case, he said that all he did as he walked into my church that Sunday in 1992 was look up and say, God, if you're there, show me. God is so powerful and so merciful. There are countless stories of people whose lives have been transformed by his amazing grace. So before Tim comes to speak to us, let me just pray for you all. Lord, thank you so much for transforming our lives, for forgiving our sins. Open our hearts now to hear from you. Amen. Over to Tim. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, let's read another story of transformation, shall we? We're reading in Acts 11 now. Peter has met Cornelius. God has done something miraculous as he's poured out his Holy Spirit on the Gentiles. 
and we come to this part of the reading. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Now, I was once uh, uh, listening to a sermon on this passage, you know, this passage of this sheet descending from heaven, and the preacher said this sermon's entitled Holy Sheet, uh, which I thought was absolutely excellent. Um, and I could, I suppose I could call it that now. But it's the story of um, Peter recounting what God did for him and how God had to change his mind. Just want to note, God's done something amazing and then Peter gets criticism. So everyone's been hearing what God's done and it's been shocking for them because there was the Jew and Gentile divide. And Peter goes to Jerusalem and he meets with the circumcised believers. And they said, you've done the unthinkable thing. You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. And I was trying to think of an analogy for this. You know, what is so shocking about this? Is there any equivalent? And I was thinking, you know, is this like rival gangs meeting? Or is this um, it's like sworn enemies meeting? Or, you know, what can we say? Is this Liverpool and Everton fans? You know, my uncle's a diehard Everton fan. Is this like his mate saying, what are you doing eating dinner with a Liverpudlian um, football fan? But I don't think we can quite grasp it. Um, the Jewish believers had such strict dietary laws and requirements. And as you can see, verse 8, they made every effort to be impure. They made every effort to be clean. Um, verse 8, you know, Peter says, Surely not, Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. And as we read these kind of verses, we need to think back to when Jesus spoke about purity. Because Jesus said, it's not what, goes into you that defiles you, but what comes out of you? And Jesus would speak to the heart of a person. He'd say, it's not the external things that happen. You know, you're speaking often to Pharisees. What comes out of you is the thing that makes you impure. And God has to tell Peter that what he has done is for real, it is to be trusted, and it's the, his will. Um, the Lord has to show Peter that he has declared these Gentiles to be clean. Now, it might seem obvious to us, but the Lord's plan for salvation was for everybody. It wasn't just for the Jews, but it was first for the Jews. Do you remember Jesus saying, you know, he sends out the 72 and he says, go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, and then when Paul writes about the salvation of God, he says, salvation has come first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But God's miraculous plan of salvation was for everyone, even people uh, like Joe's husband, Chris, Gentile though he is. Um, here's what the Lord had to do for Peter, and here's what the Lord had to do for the um, other believers at the time. Pure though they were, even though they had, you know, adhered to all the laws, 
God had to change the wrong thinking of his people. God had to change their thinking and to show that his plan of salvation was for everyone. And I suppose there's something to, amazing to delight in there because that means God has included us in this plan of salvation. That's something to be thankful for, to rejoice in. But maybe a direct application today is, where does God need to change your mind? Where does God need to speak to you? Where does God need to confirm to you what he's been doing? Um, Maybe it won't be such a paradigm shift like this is for Peter and the people of God. But this is part of what God does as he ministers to us, as he leads us, as he is our good shepherd. He sometimes needs to change us. And I just encourage you, as you sit with that question, well, my God need to change me. I just encourage you to bring to bring that to the Lord in prayer and just discern, try to discern what he's saying. And it might not be over the course of a day, but maybe the course of a week, a month. Maybe you want to be asking, where has God been trying to change me um, over the course of lockdown? And you can trust that his purposes are good there. He wants to make you more like Jesus. So it's good change, change for the good. And then you can do it from a place of thankfulness. Here's the other real obvious direct application. God makes unclean things clean. God makes sinful humanity into his restored church. He makes them holy. He makes us righteous. This means all Christians have been made clean. So you can't look at other Christians and say, no, you're not part of the family of God because it's the grace of the Lord that saves people. And it means that anyone can be made clean. And God can do it over the course of a season of someone's life, or he can do it in the instant, in the twinkling of an eye, in a, in a moment, as he did with Chris that night in a church in London, Joe's husband. And that's what God's done for you. That's what God's done for me. So there's something to be thankful for. But then there's a journey with him where we continually say, Lord, what are you doing in my life? And maybe today we can just ask, Lord, where are you trying to change me? Let's pray. God, thank you that your plan of salvation was for everybody, all who will believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you that it was first for the Jews and then it's for the Gentiles. It's then for us. And Lord, we thank you for that today. Thank you that as we trust in Jesus Christ, we receive a righteousness that isn't our own. We receive your righteousness and we're made clean, God. Thank you for that. We don't take it for granted. Thank you that you've taken our sin off us. Surely, come let us reason together, says the Lord. Surely, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made as white as snow. Thank you that that is what you've done for us. And today, Lord, help us live that out. And then help us hear where you might be wanting us to change. God, we just submit ourselves to you. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Tim reminded us that salvation is for everyone. And that sometimes God has to change the wrong thinking of his people that we are part of God's plan to evangelise the world. But sometimes God needs to change us, to change our thinking and to increase our faith. So today we ask you, Lord, to search us, to know us and to change us. And we lift up our family members, our friends, people who are close to us, people who we love. And we specifically pray for them today that they come to know you. Amen. Amen.